Welcome to the Wilds Cast. Today's guest is Leah Gottfried. Leah graduated with a film studies degree from Yeshiva University, where she studied screenwriting and TV writing, as well as cinematography at NYU. Leah also studied at the Actors Circle in Los Angeles, and has numerous commercials and TV credits, including Time Warner Cable and Yamaha ATV under her belt. She's a sought-after speaker and writer with recent speaking agents, including Yeshiva University and Limit New York, and an op-ed piece published on Mayim Bilak's Grok Nation website. Okay, we are live. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Wilds cast and uh, special to our guest this afternoon, Leah Gottfried. Leah, did I pronounce correctly your last name? You did, yes. Good job. <laughs> okay, good. So for those of you unfamiliar, Leah, an award-winning director, writer, producer, and actor, and she has founded the production company Dignity Entertainment. Love that title, which is Thank a... You service production company dedicated to creating meaningful visual content. Um, Leah is a graduate of Yeshiva University, my alma mater, got her degree in film studies. Uh, she also studied cinematography at NYU and also studied at the Actors Circle in Los Angeles. She is the creator and star of Soon Bayou, which is an amazing show we're gonna be talking about. Garnered more than a million hits on YouTube the show is the first one, tell me if this is correct, is it the first show about modern Orthodox dating in New York City? As far as I know. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, there's going to be a new episode premiering on November 21st at the JCC here in Manhattan. She's been featured, Leah's been featured in numerous publications, the New York Times, New York Post, Jewish Week, and has been named as one of the 36, under 36 back in 2000. Leah, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, this is an opportunity because I'm a big fan of the show and just what you're doing in general with your, uh, I love that, Dignity Entertainment. So let's get right mm -hmm. Tell us about your background, um, specifically your Jewish background. What about that inspired you uh, to write Soon You, this show about modern Orthodox singles? Yeah, sure. I grew up um, in an observant family in Brooklyn and moved to LA as a teenager. Um, and I always had like a really big passion for performing and telling stories and acting. Um, and the show really came out of like a necessity, I think, to for myself, because as an actress and an Orthodox woman, um, I found that I really needed to just like create my own work and tell my own stories and create roles for myself to play and tell the stories that I didn't see being portrayed that I really wanted to see. Um, and it also came from watching the Israeli shows through Gim, which I love, and which was like the first time I had ever seen modern Orthodox Jews like myself and they were dating and it felt so relatable and authentic. Uh, and then I just like looked around New York and there was so much material to play with here. And that's where the show came from. Well, it resonates a lot with me because, um, as you probably know, I live up there. He is based on the Upper West Side. I was single for five years on the Upper West Side. Um, met my wife here. And I was a rabbi at OZ, 
which is like the single hood yeah, and yeah. paste at the Jewish center. So I'm sick of it. So I'm sensitive to a lot of both about the dating uh, in New York City. But, you know, it takes a little chutzpah to know about this topic. Um, what decision? And, and tell us maybe some challenges along the way. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, creating your own work is always challenging because, you know, in the beginning, it's just you. And so it was just me with like a dream and a vision of what I wanted to do. Um, and it takes a really long time and a lot of energy and determination um, to make something like this happen. And for me, I really started with like small steps. So the first episode was just like a short film that I did at first. And then it like really slowly grew. Um, and probably like, honestly, the biggest challenge is funding because, you know, people say they, they want to see more Jewish content and that they appreciate this. Um, when it comes down to it, it can be challenging to find supporters who actually want to, you know, put their money behind it. And so that I think has taken up like a large chunk of my energy and time as opposed to creating more of it. But it's also amazing to just see like the response from people and what, how relatable they find it and, and people who find meaning in it and who say it makes them feel less alone. So it's really both sides of that. And that's why I do it is like to have those connections with people and to interact with people in that way. Well, I will tell you, I have a lot of sympathy and empathy for you on the fundraising front. I <laughs> Thank you. Fundraising and, Nothing great, I'll just tell you, just to give you a little encouragement, hang in there. Nothing great uh, in this world comes, you know, from from anything A too easy to be that doesn't cross my mind. There's no thing. Um, I would also love to be able to create programming, more time with my students. And even though I love my donor, there are opportunities there to, to meet interesting people, of course. But um, feel you for you but it's it's really incredible another uh you're married to rabbi and belated mazel tov thank you i i will accept mazel tovs and gifts all, all the time so we had we've had um i interviewed him uh, oh nice not like this but i did first um and um here we're both uh written about file for the new york times uh, tell us why a little how you guys met. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're both creative people, and so we met at an event for creative Jews in Brooklyn um, called Hevria, which doesn't really exist as much anymore. But it was like this wonderful place where, for me, I felt like I finally was like with my people, other Jews who were just like into the arts and wanted to share their work. And so we all just like sat around a table and shared stuff. And I read a poem and Isaiah played a song. Um, and that's how we initially connected. I think I always like being an artist has been such a big part of me. So I always knew I wanted to be with somebody who understood that and respected it and like valued it. Um, and so being in a room full of creative Jews is just like was kind of the perfect place for that initial connection to happen. Um, and then we just like kept seeing each other around at um, different events. We were both presenters at Limud a few months later. So it was a very like natural, organic kind of um, relationship. 
Well, just while we're on this topic, because you know, so many of our listeners, MGE, primarily single 20s and 30s, uh, any good advice do you give? It sounds like you met your soulmate, at, you know, at venue, meaningful to you personally. Were you going there to meet a guy? Were you lucky? What? Yeah, I definitely didn't have that intention. I think really um, it was just about like a place that I would love and a place where I could express myself and be my full self. And honestly, like that maybe is my advice is to to be your full self and do things that make you really excited and happy um, because being... Uh, around people who share those similarities or see you at your best self, like I think is the best way to connect and to meet people. You know, I think a lot of people had the assumption that like, oh, you know, you want to be with somebody who is creative or as a creative person, it's harder to find someone if you're in the arts or entertainment industry. But that really never made sense to me, you know, negating a part of yourself to try to find someone, but then they're not like with your real self and your true self. So I would just say embrace like who you are and whatever you love, even if um, it, it, it makes you feel maybe different and go with that. And I think the right person will be attracted to that energy. That's a great advice. You know, I was asking on someone else, I was a guest podcast. Um, dating service, and they asked me how is it a different. Fired a lot of Mac forty four. Can you hear me? Okay. I actually, you cut out. I can't hear you. Um. Now this is better. Okay, great. Okay, no problem. So I was just saying, I just want to turn my this uh, uh, do not um. I disturb, uh, do not disturb. Uh, okay, sorry about that. Okay, I'm back. Okay, hold on. I'm being told that my sound is not great. Can you hear me okay? Um, right now it sounds better, yeah. You can hear echoes. They can hear echoes in my office over there. Yeah, because each sound, each of your sounds is bouncing off each other. Really? Yeah. Because your pods or lower the volume. A lower my volume. Or that might help a little bit, but that's because you your pods. Yeah, that didn't work well last time. Mm-hmm. No. All right, let's check it out now. Okay, sorry. We'll clean this up a little bit, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sounds um, great. You know about production. So I was just going to say, I was interviewed on a uh, a podcast from Why You Connects, and they said, what is it? that MG has done to foster so many marriages. And I said, listen, you know, a lot of it is what we call in French, siata de shmaya, you know, God's, God's help. But um, I think also having relaxing events where people can be themselves. So like if you go on a ski retreat or you go on a spring retreat and you're going there maybe to meet somebody, but you're also going there because you like to ski and you, or you like the Shabbat experience that we have in the middle, that just sort of lets people's guard down a little and enables people to be themselves. I'm not a big fan of these social events where, you know, 30 men, 30 women, put them in a room, see what happens. Because it's it's just a little stifling. It doesn't allow people to reveal their uniqueness like you were able to do with Isaiah, you know, at a, at a, at a meeting for creative Jews in Brooklyn. You know, I think that's amazing. So um, 
anyone listening to this, uh, I think what's coming out is just the idea of finding venues where you can be you and other people can see you being you was really, really important. So let me, let's just get back to this. Prior to meeting Isaiah, though, did you worry <laughs> that being on the show might hurt your chances to find a husband? No, um, I didn't. I think, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before. Like, I would never want to stifle a part of myself to try to attract someone that I wouldn't want to be with. Because anybody who wouldn't, you know, want someone who does what I do just wouldn't make sense and wouldn't be a good match for me. So it actually is like the opposite. Being on the show and being my full self is exactly who I want to be when I'm, you know, looking for someone because they they get to see the full me. Um, yeah, I think I never was worried about that. I also, you know, my career and and the show is such a huge part of who I am. Um, and it gives me so much joy and brings so much into my life that I wouldn't, yeah, it didn't even really cross my mind. I think it would help maybe like weed out people that wouldn't be a good fit if they wouldn't want somebody who, who does that. And that makes sense. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. So this is one episode where it appears that David, who I think is played by Danny Hoffman. Yes. Uh, was having some sort of, um, maybe was going to have some romantic contact with Sarah Feldman, who was played by Sarah, S-C-U-R. How do you pronounce Spur. it? Yeah. Spur. So that doesn't happen, apparently. There's no, I guess, physical contact. And I'm just wondering, are you trying to present the characters as being uh, observant in the in the area of, of Shomer Nigia, of Sniyot, of modesty? Um, was that purposeful? Was that intentional? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, the characters are observant of those things. And I think um, we can see them at certain times, like struggle with that a little bit. And it's not always the easiest thing. And um, I, I really think that tension is is really fascinating to play out on screen, um, as opposed to like a lot of physical contact. But like, to me, what's really interesting is like really wanting to have that with somebody and trying to hold yourself back. And that's what these characters are doing. Um, and that tension is just something I think we don't see often. Um, but it's a, something that a lot of people experience. And I think it's um, really cool to just see that and see those characters go through it. Um, yeah, that was a, a really great moment where they just like had this really strong connection and it's so romantic and like in any other movie or anything they would like embrace um but they sort of just stopped right before uh doing that and you can tell that there's this desire um and they're also sort of holding themselves themselves back so it's just like an interesting tension that i think maybe other people can can relate to who watch it yeah, I, I, I give you a lot of credit for doing that because I can imagine, you know, I don't know how many other shows are probably, you know, whether you're any any pressure, you know, to let them be physical because, you know, more romance, more physical contact brings more viewers often. But I love what you just did and the way you just articulated that, which is to say that let people see the challenge, let people see the desire to be physical without following through on that, because that's a very, very important Jewish principle, at least at that stage, you know, in one's life. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not simple. It's, you know, I also felt, by the way, during COVID, <laughs> I, I was able to talk about this issue a little more freely during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> because, right. 
people who were dating were not actually physically seeing each other. And people who were in real relationships were also, sometimes they couldn't be with each other because they have an elderly parent they were afraid of affecting, you know, impacting with COVID. And um, it, it opened up this whole conversation about, you know, dating and, and sexuality before dating and intimacy before dating, because, you know, it seems like, you know, at least segments of our community, it seems like we've thrown in the towel. It's just too difficult. But, you know, we don't need to. And I love that you pulled it back to the struggle. Yeah, I actually, I'm really inspired by um, Rama Burstein, the Israeli film director, who does that a lot in her work. And she's a religious woman and an amazing director. And her film, Fill the Void, is a, is a really big inspiration to me, where she explores characters who, it's like, very sexy and they don't actually touch or connect or, you know, have any physical contact. And it's so beautiful and powerful. Um, and I love those moments that she does. And so her work really like inspires me with this specific um, topic in our show. So just along the same lines, thank you. Srugim and Shtisel um, are two other shows that show Jewish Orthodox dating. And I would say in a very positive light, um, you know, but there are obviously some shows and films that, that don't. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And do you ever worry that people will get the wrong idea about Jews from these kinds of films or shows that they see? Whew, that's a big question. Um, I mean, that's tricky. I think Strugim and Stissel do a really good job of like humanizing Orthodox Jews in a way that we haven't really seen before where it's not just about fetishizing them and seeing them as like hating religion and wanting to leave. It's more about their experiences just like as human beings and watching it. Anybody can relate to somebody who is interested in someone else or has those emotional desires that we all have or problems. Um, and I think that's what I really love about those shows. Um, but I also think there's like room for all kinds of stories, you know, just like there are real experiences that are very different from each other within and outside of the Orthodox community. People have very different experiences. And I think all the stories are valid. And I, I want to see like more of all the different sides of it and different experiences because it's not, you know, the same for everybody. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really interested in in seeing um, what what happens next? It, it's interesting. I was watching uh, Stissel just yesterday with my father. He loves it. Nice. Um, I just the way you just put that is was so I feel really accurate. You know, in terms of just humanizing, like nobody is gonna. I can't imagine somebody would look down on another person's lifestyle if they see they're sincere about it, they're real about it, and they struggle with it and. And the parts of, let's say, orthodoxy or living a religious life that are difficult, right? If we don't, if we reveal that, you know, and, and as long as that's not the only thing that gets revealed, and that's what I like about the other show too, is that they show a lot of the joy in living a religious life, mm -hmm. and along with that joy comes these tensions and these challenges, you know. And and I think you, I think you did that in that scene, um, you know, because I, this is very personal for me, Leia, because. You know, I chose to start MG on the Upper West Side, literally in the thick of the modern Orthodox dating world. Yeah. And our students and our participants who are coming in 
you know, from other communities, from reform, from conservative or completely unaffiliated are just like, they've never seen this before. And, it, and it's interesting to them and they're very, and they're searching and they're looking and they're like checking this out, you know? So it's, it's, the whole thing is fascinating to me. Yeah. There's so much to explore there. I agree. You know, um, let's go back to, um, uh, to the show for a minute. You know, how did you come up with these characters? You know, are they based on real people? <laughs> um, let me let me go back a few years. Yeah. I think they were like partially based on real people. Um, I think at the time I was dating a lot. And so the character of Ben, the lawyer, who's kind of obnoxious, felt like every guy I was dating at the time. And this character of David, the like, sensitive you know rabbi who likes Thoreau was like this dream kind of um and so uh that's where those characters came from Sarah Feldman um I I took a lot of like my own life and personality and put that into Sarah Feldman being an artist and feeling misunderstood in that way and trying to find someone who you know gets that um and then Sarah Jacobs is just like really fun um, and she, yeah, was probably inspired by a few people, but also just like a character that I could just like have so much fun with. That's where that came from. And then Noah, um, Noah, actually, I wrote for Jessica Schechter, who plays Noah with her mind. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, and Z was, again, just like a fun, funny character. And, and we found the perfect people to play all the roles. It was amazing. How do you how do you handle? I'm sure you've gotten some criticism. I can't imagine you can do anything. Well, I know, you know, <laughs> Rabbi Soloveitchik was once quoted as having said that any rabbi um, who is loved by all of the congregants is not doing his job. Mm. Now that doesn't mean you know you want to be hated by all of your congregants. That's yeah. not, not doing your job either. But um, how do you uh, how do you deal with critique? Well, I think it's exactly that. Like when we're creating this show, um, it became something that wasn't just entertaining, but also hopefully reflective of this world and reflective of some of the more tricky parts of it. And I think for it to be authentic, we knew that we had to go to those places. Um, and so I knew going into it that not everybody would like it. There would be like a variety of reactions. But um, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, it's been really positive, and that is like the fuel that really keeps us going. And there's certainly been like um, criticism and, and negativity and comments and things like that, which is like just to be expected when you're creating anything, and especially when you're creating anything that um, you're trying to push the envelope of something, which we we do try to do with the show. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that kind of is like a sign to me that we're doing a good job when people are talking about it and maybe even being angry about certain things because it's hitting a nerve and that's some, there's something real there that maybe needs to be looked at or needs to be reflected on and shifted and changed. Um, and I think that is a big part of what art is supposed to do in this world. Yeah, are you tempted to do what some of the other shows you know, do sometimes to get more popularity? like to do something really, I don't know. I don't want to make any suggestions. I don't want to put thoughts into your head, but <laughs> we 
seen we've seen these other shows what what people individual celebrities and shows you know are willing to do to get you know more views mm. um no i think we feel pretty confident in like our characters and our stories and that like the people who want to see that will watch and so it's more about like what can we do that's fun for those people and for our audience as opposed to like can we do this crazy thing just to get views and for clickbait like that's never really been attractive to us it's always just more about this, what story do we want to tell um and what would these characters do and kind of trying to just reflect the authentic reality of the world that we live in yeah is there is there a um hidden here is there any kind of attempt on your part to try to i don't want to use the word proselytize I'm in the business of, I, I mean, people are not going to like this term, but like I am trying to, I don't want to say sell Judaism, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to present Judaism to a larger audience that haven't really, you know, received it. Maybe were bar and bat mitzvah out of their Judaism at the age of 12 or 13. And I've always felt, because I'm, I'm, I'm literally a poster child for YU. You and I both went to Yeshiva University. Uh, there's a big poster of me at YU. Took <laughs> a picture of it. It's very embarrassing. It's like a Stalin-sized picture of me there. And so I'm like, I'm a big advocate of modern orthodoxy as, as a real way of, of, um, of living in the modern world as a, as a committed Jew. Is there any attempt through a show like this, or do you think it could be used to try to bring more Jews in that are less connected? Um, I don't know. I think... If that happens, then that would be like an organic thing that happens. It's like certainly not really our intent. We're really just we're really just trying to tell stories and trying to show this world that hasn't been shown before and people can react to it in whatever way makes sense for them. Um, I do know what's been cool is that people who aren't Jewish, who stumble across the show, watch it and we get comments like, you know, oh, I never knew Jews were like kind of so normal. Um, and things like that make me happy because I think it's just a different perspective that we don't normally see in stories portrayed about Orthodox Jews. Um, and so I think there's like a variety of reactions and things that, that happen um, from people who, who watch, but that specific intention isn't necessarily there. It's more just to like, show this this world authentically um, and do something that hasn't really been done before. Yeah, well, I think I, I think on it, if you show it honestly, authentically, as you say, and you show it with the um, with its positive aspects, it could really have that effect. I'm not you know, you're saying it's not necessarily I'm in the outreach business. So I'm always like, <laughs> oh, there's a video. There's a this I can use that. We can use this. This is going to turn this Jew on. This is going to turn, you know, but I think that can have, you know, uh, I'll tell you something else, which is interesting. I'm curious on your thoughts. Most TV shows um, or movies that depict Orthodox Jews usually go to ultra-Orthodox, because they look so different. Mm -hmm. There's more of a change. I mean, look at the way I'm dressed. Look at the way you're, you know, there's not, a, our, our language, our dress is not so different. It's not as, and maybe not as um, attractive or interesting because it's similar. But I always thought that's exactly why we have a more compelling case to make because this is more realistic for people, I think. 
But what, what are your what are your views on that? Just in terms of th this particular audience. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, store. Yeah, all the stories and most of the stories told are about the ultra orthodox community because it is so different, like you said. And our goal was really to just show um, Jews who felt very relatable. I think. Um, because we exist and, you know, modern Orthodox Jews, like you said, are not usually portrayed. And so I think it's like this, there's this whole world of stories and people that haven't really been tapped into, um, that the world doesn't necessarily know about. And I think that was one of the goals is to like tell these stories that haven't been really told before. And I think, um, like you said, you know, because we look kind of just like similar to anybody and we could, we have, you know, we're not um, that different looking or acting in certain ways. It's just a lot more relatable and easy to, I think, watch when people can say, oh, like I go through that same thing or I look like that person. Um, so I think, I think it's just new and exciting to be able to do that. And what do you say, you know, I know that you, you didn't, um, appoint yourself as the representative of modern orthodoxy here. I'm Definitely not. No, but I'm just curious because um, because of the wonderful work you're doing. What do you say to someone who who believes that modern orthodoxy is really just sort of compromised orthodoxy and it's not an authentic, you know, the real Jews? And I've heard a lot of a lot of people from our community have said, yeah, the real Jews are the guys with the with the hats and in sitting in yeshiva all day and and Hasidim. Do you, do you, what would you respond to someone? Honestly, I probably wouldn't really respond. Like, I think if you have that belief, then okay. I, I know what's like true for me and what gives me meaning and that this lifestyle is, works for me and is meaningful to me. It's not for everybody, just like other lifestyles aren't for everybody. But I would say that, um, I, I guess I would just, try to learn more about where they're coming from with that perspective. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of just like a, I'm going to do my thing. You know, this is what I believe. I'm going to find the right path for myself and everybody should do that. And I, I don't try to like force my views or path on, on anyone. Um, and I think that people, you know, come from really different places and maybe have legitimate concerns or ideas for them personally. But I just know that this is what works for me. Right. Yeah. But you believe in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not everyone believes in this way and that's okay. I, I will say, and they can make their own choices. Um, but all I can do is just like live my life authentically, tell my stories and people can take from that whatever they want and they will. Yeah, because there is this kind of sense that exists in the community, um, in the and I guess in the Orthodox world that like this is just a, a way to figure out how to live in the modern world. But it's sort of a, what we call in Hebrew bidiyevid, like there's lechatzchila bidiyevid. Lechatzchila is like the ideal way you live, and there's bidiyevid. That's kind of what you figured out how you can get by, and that modern Orthodoxy is more of a bidiyevid kind of existence. The lechatzchila, the ideal way of living. Is, is to move into a shtetl where you are surrounded by this and you're not tempted by all these other kinds of outside forces. Um, I know the way you feel because I know the way you live and I'm hearing it. I know, I'm just sharing this for our viewers. Yeah, yeah. 
show brings that out a little. And I wanted to, you know, sort of flesh out the 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 hashkafa, the, the the philosophy behind it, which is that we are we're doing this not simply because we figured out a way to make halacha work in the modern world, but because we don't believe that we need to isolate ourselves mm-hmm. in shtetls in order to be good, committed religious Jews, and that we can also borrow from some of the best and wonderful ideas from the Western secular society, as long as they're not the, I guess, what we'd otherwise call the corrupt ideas that come out of our society as well. And being able to tell the difference, obviously, is very important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's purposeful. It's not bediyevet. It's It's intentional because the world is beautiful and there are so many great things that we can use and should use and maybe feel called uh, to use as our purpose. And it's important from a Jewish perspective to not negate that and shut it out, but to use it in service of God and of what we believe and of our values and that they can coexist and not have to fight each other. Would you, you, you articulated that, would you ever do an episode where, or like a dialogue where that can be discussed ever in a show? Is that too heavy? Um, no, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's something, yeah, that I have certainly like grappled with in my life, um, especially as an artist and as somebody who works in the entertainment industry. And maybe, you know, Sarah Feldman feels similarly where art isn't always um, valued in, in certain Orthodox communities. And maybe that's a message she got growing up. But it, I think her art actually serves her in her belief and relationship to God. So that could be cool. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the uh, about Kiva in Stissel, you know, right. an artist and just having a really hard time finding his place, you know, and I, and I, and I do believe, and I'm glad you touched on art or just appreciating the wonderful world out there that is from God that we are, you know, the Talmud says that, after 120, God's going to ask us, uh, we're going to be called to task for not enjoying the permitted pleasures of this world. Mm. That's another way of saying that, God, you know, I gave you these, this beautiful world. What are you, how are you using it? Are you ignoring it? Because it could lead you to, and it could, by the way, and that's why I think modern orthodoxy is, is complicated and it's challenging and it isn't for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. But I think that if you really appreciate the world and things out there in the world, whether it's secular wisdom, whether it's art, it's music, that happens not to be Jewish. Finding a way of working that into your avodat Hashem, your service of God, is so important. It's so key. And not just to keep us in the game, but because that may be what God wants, you know, if for, for a full-fledged relationship. Um, let me ask you one last question. Is it your hope that you will inspire more orthodox women or orthodox people to go into film and and talk a little about that is that it was is it difficult for you do do you feel that there are challenges like nobody's doing this what what kind of guy is going to be you know when you were single what kind of guy is going to be interested in me they're going to think i'm some i don't know little off little different than everyone else is it becoming more mainstream um first of all yes i definitely hope to inspire orthodox girls and and people um, to go into film or their art or whatever they're passionate about. Um, I think for me, 
Growing up, I was told that it's not possible um, as an Orthodox girl to be an actress or to be a filmmaker. Um, but going back to what we said, I always knew that God gave me this passion for a reason. So to anybody who has those similar passions and people are saying things like that, I would say you have to listen to yourself and to what you know is true. And I also think like the world needs our stories and our art. You know, nobody is going to tell our own stories for us. Um, and if we want to be accurately portrayed and authentically portrayed, then we need to do it ourselves. And so I think that's a big thing that I'm very passionate about is just encouraging young people to pursue film or um, art or whatever it is that they are passionate about, um, because I think it's so important. And I like don't ever worry about, you know, somebody won't like me because of this. I think that's really, really ridiculous, to be honest, um, because uh, you have to you have to be yourself. And like, what kind of life is that to lead? of negating a huge part of yourself, of what you're passionate about and pretending to be somebody you're not and, you know, um, not giving the world your gifts and your art. I think um, as a Jewish person, you're compelled to do that. You know, I would say God gave you that for a reason and, and it's your job to use it and the right people will love you for it. Um, and like to not even think about anybody who wouldn't. So that is my little soapbox. Um, what was the rest of your question? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, you answered it beautifully. You know, you remind me of, um, I interviewed B.D. Deutsch just a few months ago. Nice. Great uh, marathon runner from Israel. Yeah. Same question. Did she hope that by her running, it would encourage other Orthodox women to run um, and to, you know, get into athletics and she said 100%, and not all of her teachers and rabbis, she comes from a little more of a yeshiva background and um, a little more of an ultra-Orthodox background. But she said that some of her rabbis, you know, were kind of silent and others were more encouraging. And those are the ones that, you know, I guess resonated a little more with her. And you find the people who support you, you know, and certainly doing what you're doing and opening up our world and presenting it in in such an A, authentic, and B, positive light, you know, is nothing less than, in, in my estimation, the Kiddush Hashem, because, you know, what we're trying to do at MGE, you know, is just, is present. Everyone has to make their own choice what kind of life they want to live. At the end of the day, we're all invested mm -hmm. in free will. But the kinds of negative associations that are out there in the world today having to do with religion in general or, or, or Jewish religion in particular, orthodoxy. It's just, they're so, in, in my opinion, so inaccurate and so unfair. And uh, your show and some of the others I mentioned and what BD does and anyone else who's sort of getting themselves out there as a positive religious Jew, not wearing it on their sleeve, but are authentically observant Jews, I think can, is making such a huge difference in our world today. So I, I thank you and I congratulate you for the work you're doing. Uh, just push through the fundraising. It will come. <laughs> thank uh, you. I will. Anytime you need a place to film, you know, I don't know if you know, but one of the episodes, a scene was filmed. At oh, I know. Of course. Yeah. The J screen episode, episode four, I think. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're here. It's, it's good PR. Awesome. We like being associated with you. Um um, Hashem should bless you with just continued success and, mm -hmm. and my best uh, to mm -hmm. your 
wonderful husband and he should be blessed in his amazing work. I will. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for giving us of your time. And, of and course. Keep putting out more episodes. And I'm telling you, an episode that this is me. I'm a little, I don't, I'm a little of an intellectual junkie when it comes, you know, where, where people are having that discussion a little about why you're living this kind of life. If you want to be religious, why don't you do it the right way? You know, I could see somebody saying that, you know. Hmm. Well, there is no right way, right? It's it's what is right for you. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was a pleasure and an honor. And thank, thank you so much. The best of success. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Pleasure. Have a great day. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wilds Cast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. It only takes a minute, and when you do it, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wilds. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.